Thank you, worship team. We appreciate you as always. We actually got uh, Bill mic'd in today with his guitar. We had uh, a technical knowledge deficiency last week. I just didn't know how to do it. But uh, we figured it out. We got him wired in so we can hear him. It's good to see everybody this morning. It's good to know that all the kids are out in the back playing in the water and burning in the sun and having a blast. So a uh, good way to end the summer for them. And uh, who has kids that are in school? Raise your hand real quick. Congratulations. You get that time back. Yep, very nice. Yep, they all go back this week. That's a beautiful thing, right? Just as God designed it, apparently. So uh, we'll take that. Uh, one of the songs we sang said that uh, with arms open wide is how God welcomes us. We hope that you feel welcomed here that same way. It is certainly good to see everybody. Um, we're continuing our ministry survey that we started last week. Um, we have that QR code on each of the screens. If you haven't already and you want to register for either one of the men's Bible study or any of the Bible studies or the breakfast, uh, you can hold your camera app up to that and it'll open a, it'll show you a link to a website to register. So uh, we just encourage you to do that so we have an idea who would like to participate and then we'll know how to plan for what days or evenings or, or whatever we're going to do different things. So we just encourage you to do that. We have the link on our Facebook page too. It should be at the top, but I'll have to double check. But you'll be able to go there and um, just click on the link and register for what's coming up. Um, those things will be starting probably this month as soon as we, we get an idea um, what the participation is going to look like. We do know that the ladies' breakfast is going to be the 16th of this month. That is not this coming next Saturday. It's the one after. Uh, 10 a.m., there is a sign-up sheet out in the entryway. And just put your name, how many people, and what food you're bringing. And that will, uh, that will take care of that. Uh, as always, we thank you for your tithes and offerings. Uh, we can't do what God has in store for us here without that. Uh, you can give in person or online, in person or drop boxes, and online is what it says up here. So um, I won't read all that to you, but we thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, Kyle is going to bring us the scripture today, and then uh, Tyler is going to uh, bring the message. He's still making notes, so I think he might have changed his message again. So should I should I go longer? Or should I no no we're okay okay I got gotcha. you. We we know that. Uh, that uh, that does happen, uh, but usually earlier than now, right? Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But. Good morning, everybody. I will be reading Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. Oh, you'll have to give me just a second here. My phone has decided to send me somewhere else. <laughs> Bear with me. I had it all highlighted on here and everything. There it is. Okay, here we go. It's uh, the subtitle, I guess, on here is called Love for Enemies. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, 
do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. To, other, <clears throat> to others, as you would have them do to you, do unto others as you would. Okay. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father has been merciful. merciful and he has been very he has been very merciful to us um yeah this is this is quite the scripture i think telling us to love our enemies um, we don't like doing that normally because you know it kind of goes with the title enemy we don't want to love our enemies and um do do we're supposed to do good things for our enemies because even uh, even sinners do things or love sinners when they love each other like it's like we um, we are not supposed to be like everybody else in the world just because somebody is nice to us doesn't mean that those are the only ones we're supposed to be nice to we're supposed to be nice to everybody right um but it, you know we we hear these things but how often does it really sink in um i had a friend uh, one time and he for a while and he was well, he would tell you that I was his best friend. I would have to tell you he was not my best friend. You ever have a friend like that? <laughs> this guy, he wanted to, if he wanted to come over to my house, this is in high school, and he would, he would ask me, he, he started inviting himself over, and, and then um, he would uh, he'd ask me, so what, well, what, about, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, oh, no, I'm busy. Says, well, what are you busy doing? Well, we got such and such going on at church, and Sunday, of course, we're going to church, and we got some stuff going on, a few other things I got to do. And he's like, oh, well, what time does such and such start? And what time does it end? I just about need a signed slip from my parents saying Tyler Hardy is not able to have any friends over this weekend because we are busy. <laughs> I was like, what is, I can't just tell you no, I don't want you to come over to my house. One time he was over there and it was getting to a point, and I was like, I, I, I don't sleep well and I try to, I need some time to wind down to, to be able to go to sleep. And um, it, it's getting, it was after eight, and I'm like, I, he's got he's to gotta get going here sometime. Like, hey, uh, 
don't you need to call your mom to get a ride? Oh, what are you doing, Tyler? Are you trying to get rid of me? Well, and then he gets distracted and he goes off doing something else. This is the guy that we had to supervise in our house. We, my brothers and I, because they're like, no, you didn't get him coming over. I go, yeah, no, no. Lock the doors, everybody. And, and he was on watch. We had to watch, because we had to watch him. Care- like, this is, but I was his best friend. Now, Yes, he was a friend of mine. He was also that friend of mine that would irritate me. You ever have somebody like, you can be friends with them, but wow, they can be annoying and obnoxious. And I, I don't know. I'm not the most people kind of person. So, <laughs> but, um, but why? Well, it was rough. But God wants us to love these people too. Now, I wouldn't consider this person my enemy, and. Uh, but, uh, boy, they could really push some buttons. That I didn't like, I didn't even know I had that button. <laughs> and so, but God wants us to love everybody. Last time I was here, um, I talked about loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And then it goes on to say that we also need to love our neighbors. Um, and so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, let's pray again before I get going too far. Lord, I ask that you be working in each of us, that you would speak to us, that you would fill us with your spirit as we um, have open minds and open hearts to all that you have in store for us today. Um, and I ask that you would uh, speak through me, help me to say what you want me to say and nothing else. Amen. Um, yeah, and I have had one time, there was a service, we were singing a song, and then they were going to be like, Tyler Hardy is here, and he's going to come up to speak, and uh, I, during that last song, I'm like, oh, I think I'm supposed to say a different message, <laughs> scrap these notes, <laughs> um, but you know, there's not any sense in me coming up here, unless it's what God wants me to be saying, because I can guarantee you, from past public speaking experience, in high school, I'm not, I didn't do it for professionally in any way until God told me to, but from past experience, I can guarantee you it'd be horrible. Uh, but if God wants you to do something, wow, he gives you the ability to do it. It's amazing. Blew my mind. Still blows my mind every time. Um, so um, back to that scripture that I talked about last time. I'm going to read another scripture. It's very similar. It's not the same. Uh, it's from a different book, but in the Bible, there's um, different times where the same story is repeated, but do you hear the, when you hear the same story, is it always the same exact thing? I heard a story uh, this past month. This guy was telling me a story about somebody who fell through a bed. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a, and he's telling me this story. Well, then later on, I'm talking to his wife a couple days later, and she's telling me this story, a different story. And it is of somebody falling through a bed. And I'm like, this has to be the same story. And it was, but the way they tell the story is very different. It's the same story. It just doesn't sound necessarily like the same story. And so in the Gospels in particularly, the... Um, first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, between those four, they're all gospels, the good news. That's what the gospel is. And telling the good news, a story of Jesus coming down to pay the price for all that we've ever done wrong and then coming back to life, um, in that, like, some of the stories that they tell, 
it's the same story. And also, some of the time, it's just, um, I, I wonder, like, how many times in those three years that Jesus is going all over the place, how many times did he say the same teachings, the same stories? I don't know how many times he used some of these things. But, um, you know, loving, uh, loving God and loving everybody else, like, that kind of sounds like a basic thing that he might have talked about a few times, you know, you know, probably. Um, and uh, there, there's also a story in the, in the New Testament. There's a story of feeding the 5,000. That's a pretty common story, right? Well, there's also the story of feeding the 4,000, I believe it was. Well, that's not the same story. It is not the same story. But Jesus did the same miracle two different times. And uh, there, I he did, he did lots of miracles and lots of healings many times. And so um, I'm reading this other version of the same kind of teachings that Jesus um, talked about that I said last time. Um, so uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Um, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. So, again, an expert. And he's going to put Jesus to the test. He says, teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he, he answered, the expert answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you answered correctly. <laughs> and then he says, it's actually, it says, you have answered correctly. So, so it's, it's scriptural. And then he says, do this and you will live. So he made the expert answer his own question. That's not how it's supposed to work. But that's how Jesus works. And so then the expert, wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Now, maybe Jesus felt kind of bad for the guy, made the expert you know, look like a fool, answering his own question. This time, Jesus has a good, long answer, and he's going to tell a story. Um, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Half dead. You see somebody half dead, you're supposed to do something about it, right? That's just supposed to leave him there. Well, a priest, you know, you'd think they'd do the right thing. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. That's horrible. So too a Levite, another Jew. Uh, you know, it's Jesus, a Jew, talking to other Jews about Jews. A Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side too. But a Samaritan, and by the way, the Jews and Samaritans did not get along. One time Jesus took a shortcut through Samaria. The thing is, the Jews don't take the shortcut through Samaria. They go the long way around because they don't get along. Jews and Samaritans just don't get along. So Jesus is bringing in a nasty person into this story. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he put the man on his, then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him, in, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. 
Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. You answered correctly. Go and do likewise. Now this Samaritan, like, he's bringing in a nasty person. So think of somebody that you don't like. That's the so-and-so that came along and decided to have mercy on this guy. So-and-so was the person that was a good Samaritan. A good Samaritan is not a good person that we all love. It's a good person we don't really like. That's the kind of person that was being a neighbor here. And you ever talk to God? You know, it's so hard to talk to God sometimes or all the time, you know. Like, when I see things, it's like, oh, this is, uh, like, when I hear somebody has some ideas about how to hear God better, I want to know. Because if you got some input, I'd love to have it. Because it's so hard to hear from God. And sometimes the way that God talks to us, um, like, uh, I'll be driving and just talking to God because he's got me in a car all by myself. And he's, uh, I'll be talking to him, he'll be talking to me. But um, so as, we're, as I'm driving... I'm talking to God. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do here. This is a tough situation. What do you want me to do? You want me to go do such and such? Yes, Tyler, that's what I want you to do. Do you hear this? Come on. Yes, yes, yes. And it hits me. And it's like, oh, yes, he does. That is what he wants me to do. But when we, we, we have the answers, God has put them deep in our hearts He's trying to put them in our minds, but it's hard to get through to us. God is trying to say something to us, and it's not that God's putting in a bad effort. It's that it's hard to get through to us sometimes. God is speaking to us, but it's so hard for us to listen. Or we try start talking, we start, uh, start giving God logic, like, well, this doesn't work because of this, and God's like, I'm the one that created everything. You think I don't know how stuff really works? <laughs> Jesus calmed a storm. That's not normally how we think of things working. Um, but when we're speaking to God, we sometimes know the answer somewhere deep down inside of us. It's like it says in Romans, by the renewing of our minds. That's how he's going to transform our, our minds, be, by renewing them. He's trying to renew and transform our hearts and minds, but we don't always like to hear the right answer. Sometimes God is trying to speak to us, but we're too busy thinking about what we do or don't want to do, or what can and can't happen, or what I can and can't do, we try telling God these things. And we try to say, well, that's not even an option. We're not even thinking about it. And God's like, you know the answers. Think about it. So God is, he, he often does this. He, uh, we have a question for God, and God's just right there waiting. He's waiting for us to say it. He's like, well, what do you think? <laughs> he knows that we have an idea how it works, but it's so hard for us to truly accept the right answer sometimes. Sometimes we just don't even like the answer, the awful answers. It's like, God, how could you say that? And God is like, how can you question me on that? <laughs> um, another scripture um, in 1 John, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. 
Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God, whoever does not love, does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only one and only son into the world that we might live through him. He sent us his son. That's who he sent us. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He sent his one and only son to pay the price for everything we have ever done wrong. He never did anything wrong. He didn't deserve any of it. But he took our place. And you say, well, that's an awful father. Jesus did it willingly. Jesus is the son of God. He is God. But he loves us so much that he was willing to do that. He was willing to do whatever it took to get us saved, to give us new life. We've all done things that we shouldn't have done. And Jesus says to us all that we just, he, he wants to forgive us. But please come to me. Here, knock and the door will be open. Um, it says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Well, that's quite the challenge. That's the kind of love that he has for us, that he would give his life for us. Now, he came back to life three days later. That doesn't change the fact of what he went through. All the things that he had to endure to give us this new life. Sometimes we say, well, Lord, like, you don't know what they've done to me. And Jesus is like, you don't know what you've done to me, what you've put me through. And as people like us that crucified him on the cross, now we can say, well, maybe we wouldn't do that. You know, maybe now we wouldn't. But it was people that he loved and people that he was willing to forgive that he was dying for. It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. It, when we follow God, we have to be serving. We can't just, uh, you know, attend church and attend Bible studies or anything like that. We have to live the life that God wants us to live. We have to be serving one another. And when we're serving one another, people get to see God work. We get to see God work through other people. And it's not even just about us serving to help other people. Again, we have to be serving in order for God's love to be made complete in us. We're not complete whole Christians if we're not serving others. We need to be you know, serving within our church, like what we are doing as the body of Christ. But it's also just every single day. How are we going to serve and love people? Um, and it says, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And by brother and sister, it's everybody. It's, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And no... We're not supposed to love the awful things that people do, but we are supposed to love the person. And there's been awful people like the Apostle Paul 
He was an awful person until God turned his life right around. And all the things that we've done, we've all made mistakes. We've all done wrong. We've all sinned. We've all broken that law that God has for us. But when we break that, we're all, we should all be held accountable for the things that we have done. We have all messed up. We all uh, have become criminals. But Jesus paid the price for all of that so that we don't have to pay that price. Um, so the Apostle Paul then went on to change so many people's lives, doing so many good things. God has great plans for us. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past. What matters is the future that God has planned for us. And are we willing to go with that future? I heard this little thing uh, recently about... Um, and uh, was it, is it Michael Jr., the comedian? I think it was him. He was talking about how uh, at one point he had described God uh, like a GPS. You know, we, we can follow a map, but God is that GPS where he's constantly trying to get us back on track. And sometimes it can be annoying even. But God is trying to get us back on track. He's like, you need to take the right turn right here. And God is trying to keep us uh, to live the life that he wants us to live. We've made a lot of wrong turns, and God is still saying, make that right turn next time it comes up. We don't always get a second chance on everything, but sometimes God is very gracious and does. And I think of Jonah. For him, it wasn't the Samaritans. It was the people of Nineveh. And he said, at the end of all of it. He's like, God, this is why I didn't want to come to Nineveh, because I knew you are a loving and forgiving God, and you would have mercy on them if they changed their ways. <laughs> yes, Jonah, I am a loving God. That's why I put up with you. <laughs> and I think God brought Jonah along in that journey because he's like, Jonah, you need to serve in this way because not just because they need it, because you need this. And so he had Jonah go and do this to see that, yes, God is loving. And yes, he does love people. He does not love it when we're doing awful things. But he loves it when we change and when we come to him when we allow him to renew our hearts and minds so that we can be transformed into the amazing, incredible human beings that he designed us to be. I think of Moses and the Israelites. I'm going to try to hold back because, boy, they, oh, they get me going. <laughs> oh, time and time again, from the very beginning, God says, all right, Moses, I want you to go bring them out of Israel. The first attempt that Moses goes and does, they're like, now we have to do bricks with no straw. Moses, may God judge you. God sent Moses. Why are you screaming at Moses? I, we, and then it, gets, it keeps on going from there. While Moses is on top of Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments, as God is saying, no other gods before me, and this is how you're supposed to live. Meanwhile, they're, they're down at the bottom of the mountain like, oh, Moses has been gone a while. All right, let's make a golden calf. What's wrong with you? He just brought you out of Egypt. There's the ten plagues that he brought on Egypt. There, he, miracle after miracle. He just split the Red Sea. You're like, oh no, why'd you bring us out here to die? And he's like, well, just keep going. 
put your staff out and keep going. The waters part, and what do you know? They can keep on going. But we're like, God, where are we supposed to go now? And he's like, I just want to ring this bell. I want to ring this bell, but they're not going to get it. So he doesn't ring the bell, and he says, Moses, just put the staff over the water, and it will part. <coughs> so, <coughs> all time after time, they have to, God is putting up with this. God loves, he loves those, those little buggers right to the end. The Israelites, oh my goodness. What's wrong with them? But the thing is, I think they're a lot like us. I think that we are like that so many times with God. And God again and again is like, you know what you're supposed to do. You've seen me do this before. And you've heard of me doing it other places. Maybe you haven't seen me do this before, but you've heard it's possible. You know I can do the impossible. Why don't you just believe that I really can do the impossible? But we all have these times where we struggle to believe that God is going to do the impossible, that God truly is going to work everything out. We hear the, the verse in Romans that God works everything out for the good of those who love him. Well, if we love him, he's going to work it out. We might not like the way that it's going to work out, but he has our best interests and everybody's best interests at heart, uh, in mind. And he is going to do what is best, whether we like what is best or not. And sometimes what is best gets messy. There's times like, um, well, I'm not going to get into an example, but there's times when good and godly people all have different plans, and God is saying, this is how we're going to do this, and Nobody wins because God has better plans than any of them, but it's still, you can't make everybody happy. You just can't. Um, but we're supposed to love others, even the people we don't like. We're supposed to love others God's way and with God's strength. It's not something we do on our own. Jesus did not die and come back to life for nothing. He did not die and come back to life for us to say, okay, now I can do all the same thing. No! Jesus actually said, greater things will happen. And uh, was, uh, uh, Peter and Paul are doing things like walking around and the shadow just touches a person in their heel or sending handkerchiefs around and wow, they're healed. Hey, we can do amazing things, but it's not supposed to be us on our own. It's supposed to be us letting God work through us. And so uh, when we let God do the work, then we will see we can be loving even when people are so, so difficult to work with. There's only one person in high school that I ever wanted to punch in the face, and that was my friend. <laughs> I didn't. God sent the teacher just at the right moment to unlock that door and let us into the classroom. Oh, so he did not get punched in the face. <laughs> but if I had punched him in the face, what kind of example would that have shown? And sometimes people say they're a Christian, but does that mean that they're actually following God? And so they claim to be Christian, I claim to be Christian, and then I do something that's not very Christian? God's saying, turn the other cheek. Well, I wasn't turning the other cheek if I was going to punch him. <laughs> what kind of example am I? What kind of love am I living with? An earthly kind of love where I can do this on my, in my own power and strength? Or God's kind of love where he is just filling us, overflowing with the love that God has for us? Um, I think of Judas. Um, 
It says, I am not, Jesus said, I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, you know, as his 12 disciples. But this is to fulfill this passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. And it goes on to say, after he said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. This is at the Last Supper. And he's saying one of his disciples are going to betray him. And in another story, or another time when this is told in the Gospels, they say all the disciples were saying, well, it wouldn't be me, not I, Lord. No, not I. And then this, this, story, this version of the story, because um, you know, every perspective is different, this one talks about um, you know, the disciple that, John, uh, that God loved is considered to be um, the, uh, the Apostle John. <coughs> um, and it says, his disciples um, stared at one another at a loss. Which one of them Jesus meant? One of them, the disciple who Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. And Simon Peter motioned to him, to this disciple, and said, ask him which one of us he means. And leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? They have no clue. No clue. Jesus loved everybody so well. They didn't even know which one was that friend. They didn't know that Jesus had picked that kind of friend. They didn't realize it. Jesus loved him so much. And Jesus answered, it is the one <clears throat> to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it into the dish. Sounds self-explanatory. This is why I told this version of the story, because it's very specific. This piece of bread, everybody, I am going to dip into the dish, and the one I give this piece of bread to is the one that's going to uh, betray me. Does that sound self-explanatory? Like, I think that's pretty straightforward. But sometimes God is speaking to us in a straightforward way, and we're just having a hard time picking it up. Then, dipping that piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this. Just gave him the piece of bread. You know, the piece of bread just said, you want to know who's going to be? I, the one I give him this piece of bread to. He gives that piece of bread, and they don't get it. They're like, Judas has got to go to the grocery store or something. <laughs> Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or give something to the poor. As soon as Judas took, as, Judas, as soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out. They think he's going shopping. Jesus gave them the answer. God wants to ring the bell, and he's like, what is wrong with you? The answer's right there. Now, yes, God could make things a little more specific, and would probably still be dumbfounded and like, no, nah, Judas? No, you just said one of us. No, not Judas. It, God loved Judas so much. He didn't want Judas to suffer. What he wanted was for Judas to come and see the light, the light that God offers us. That is the kind of love that God has for what I'm going to say is that 
That's the kind of love that God has for us. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if we're the Israelites. Mistake after mistake after mistake. He wants us to truly change. He wants truly for us to have what is best for us. It doesn't matter if we are his enemies. He wants us, he wants to love us, and he wants us to be the same way. You know, he doesn't want us to be ignorant and just let all sorts of people do all sorts of horrible things, but he doesn't want us to come at them with a horrible, negative, uh, angry, bitter spirit. He wants us to be filled with love. And yeah, Jesus got angry. He got angry when he got into that temple one, one time. He went and made himself a whip. Then came back to the temple and said, this is what you have turned my father's house into? A den of robbers? Sometimes there's, there's times to be angry. And, but there's a lot of times for us to be loving. And God says that, that he is the one that's going to take care of the punishment, not us. Revenge? No. That's God's job, not our job. Our job is to be filled with love, to share that love, and let God take care of the dirty work that needs to be done. Because only God, almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful, only Him, only He knows what truly is best to be done in all sorts of circumstances. And we may say, this is best, and God's like, you don't even realize it, but do you know what you're doing to that person by doing this to that person? Like, do you know what you're doing? You don't know how everything connects. In John 13, 35, it says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how people will know that we follow God, if we are loving. It doesn't mean that we fudge the truth. It does not mean that at all. But it does mean that everything that we do needs to be out of God's love inside of us. And another verse says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Will we be the difference in this world that God wants us to be? Will we be loving when others will not be? Will we be filled with this love? Not just to love God, because God says you can't really love Him if you're only loving. You can't love Him and hate other people. Will we be the ones to be loving God and loving others at the same time? Let's pray. Lord, you are amazing. And I ask that you would help us to be filled with your love. Whatever person or people it is in our lives that we have a hard time with, help us to be loving. Help us to be filled with your truth as well, of course. <clears throat> but don't let us lose our temper, lose control. Help us to keep you in control. And that every moment that you want us to be filled with love, which is every moment, help us, Lord, to be filled with your love. To love you and to love others. Help us to be that good Samaritan. It doesn't matter what we've done, Lord. You want us to be filled with your love. Help us to be this way every step of the way with everybody that we encounter. Help us to be filled with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now it's on. Show me. Well, you can read it. It's right there. We just sang it a few times. His love is a firm foundation, and we will not be shaken if that's the life that we want to live. I think it's too, too common. It's a tendency of us as people, human beings. We get negative. We get bitter, hateful. That's not what God wants us to have. Now, we all make mistakes, but some people are much more easy to get along with than others, right? And it's the people that are loving. The people who, that's the life that they want to live. And they're not trying to do anything horrible. We all make mistakes. But we need to build our life on that kind of life. One filled with love. So as we go, let's be filled with God's love wherever we go. That we'll be shining that light that he has for the world. Have a good week.